Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Um, special bonus episode today because it is Mother's Day. We try really hard on this podcast to not make everything about motherhood because we know um, so many of our listeners aren't mothers. But since we're both moms and it's Mother's Day, we thought we would do a little special bonus mom episode. And um, I was really inspired by this listening to um, Heather McFadden's Don't Mom Alone podcast this week. She had um, Courtney Clark and Aaron Moon on and they were talking. If you have it, we'll link it in the show notes. It was a really good episode. But um, Aaron said something during it that really stuck with me. She said, people love God in all kinds of ways, right? Like everybody, like some people love God through food or music or, you know, there's like a million ways to love God. And she was like, and there's also a million ways to be a good mom. And she's like, but we all think there's one way to be a good mom. So, and it just really stuck with me. And so first that episode is probably better than this one. So if you want to just go listen to that, I would be happy. But (laughs) I just thought it would be fun for us today to kind of talk about like, okay, so that's true. I totally believe that. So like, I wanted to kind of hear from you, like, what do you think makes you a good mom that maybe is not, you know, totally um, in the, I guess the, is Jim Cleaver too dated of a reference? I don't know who the the modern reference would be, but, um, and then also like, what are some things that you're just like, yeah, I don't do that. Like I suck at that. And I've been a parent long enough to know that I'm not going to be like that kind of mom. Yeah. I was trying to think of the modern equivalent. I think we actually do a better job today on TV about portraying motherhood in a realistic way. So I yeah. feel like back when we were kids, um, a lot of the mothers were portrayed, um, or pre us. I mean, June Cleaver's pre us, obviously. Um, but it, it, I felt like the moms were portrayed. Um, I think that our generation, it started to move away from that. Like I think about shows that were big when we were kids um, and, you know, things like Married with Children. And um, <laughs> I and, loved that show. Oh my and, gosh, I forgot about that. And yeah. Roseanne and all of those kind of things. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I feel like those were the counterbalance because those are unrealistic as well, but those are the counterbalance to like the June Cleavers and stuff like that, that swung the other direction. Um, or and Disney where like all the moms are dead. Or like, you know, full house, <laughs> like the mom's dead in that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I feel like there's, that's kind of was our representation. Um, I think a very good realistic representation of mothers um, that was inspiring to me in TV um, I didn't even think about talking about this, but now that you said it, it's coming to me. I feel like I feel like Claire. I mean, there's problems with Bill Cosby, and we're not going to talk about those. But okay. I feel like Claire Huxtable was a great reference point. She okay. was a strong mother, super involved, but then she also had a career, and like um, she probably pushed us more towards you can have it all, um, which is a problem with our generation. But I felt like she was a good realistic example of. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a mom that had strengths and weaknesses, um, you know, and her husband kind of balanced that out. We're not going to talk about him, but um, as an actor, but, um, <laughs> but you know, they, they, they balanced each other. And I think that was a good picture of parenthood. Yeah. Um, and it was, I always really, um, 
I, I think back on her, um, as I think mm-hmm. about mothering, I, I want a mother like her, I guess. Um, but what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I want now to I'm thinking know. about TV references. <laughs> I want us to, um, I feel like in general, women are too, like, we don't shoot our own horns. Like we're very apologetic and very like weird about giving ourselves compliments or even saying we're good at something. So I wanted to normalize saying you were good at something by hearing what you think you like are awesome at as a mom. And then also maybe like a few of those, then maybe one thing that you're just like, I'm not good at that thing and I'm not going to be. And I've accepted that I am not that person. Okay. Um, I would say I am good about rolling with things. Um, mm-hmm. um, in that I don't stress out too much about, I stress out about some things, but most of them not related to mothering. Like when things like go wrong with the kids or something happens or they get in trouble or it's a discipline issue or whatever, I feel like I'm pretty good with rolling with it and letting it go. Like not taking Mm -hmm. it on myself as I'm a terrible mother or I did something wrong. I'm like, no, they're human beings and they take their own responsibilities and what what they've done is not my fault. Like, Yeah, you're really good at that. I feel like it definitely, um, that kind of like is the base level to my mothering is like, you know, yeah. I mean, how I parent is important and I have a role to play in my kids' lives, but they're also human beings that have to take their own responsibility. And it's not my job to turn them into good people. That's not my job. Like I have a role to play and I have influence and all of those things, but like, they have to take responsibility for their own actions. So I that I feel like that is like just kind of a stance I've taken in parenting, which I think helps me to not hover. So I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm a very hovering mom. Um, I mean, I'm involved and I know what's going on in my kids' lives. And because I don't have another job, this is my job. Like I do, I feel like I am involved and I know what's going on and I stay on top of things. But I definitely am can be very hands off as well. Um, and cause I want my kids to ha- take responsibility for things. Um, and you know what, um, if they forget a homework assignment, that's their problem, not mine. Um, yeah. so that I'm very, um, I can be, I feel like that's a strength of mine is my ability to just like be hands off, um, and not be a helicopter parent. Um, mm-hmm. and I also, but on the flip side of that, since my personality is one such that I do like to stay on top of things and I'm a task person, I feel like the areas that I need to be on top of, I stay on top of like as a mom. And that's, this, this is like, to me, this is a non-essential. This is just my personality. Like you don't have to be someone who fills out forms on time. You don't have to be a good mom. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be, you don't have to be a person that like knows the dates and times for everything and when they need to be somewhere and what they need to bring, like all that kind of stuff. That's not important. That's just my personality. So I think that's a strength I bring to my mothering. Yeah, Um, for sure. But it's not just to be clear. None of this is saying like you're a good mom because you do X, Y, Z. Yes. So I feel like, I I feel like those are like two of my, um, my strengths. I, and I, uh, my last strength I would say is, um, I feel like I'm pretty intuitive, um, Mm -hmm. in that I know I can foresee things and I'm not saying like I'm a prophet or something, but like I can foresee like when something's on the horizon, I know how both my kids are going to handle it. And part of that's just mothering. Like we know our children, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like I'm 
pretty intuitive. I'm not feelings driven. We all know that. Um, and I'm not like, <laughs> I am not super touchy feely, but I do know that when I see something in on the horizon, like I feel like I'm intuitive enough to know exactly how my kids are handling, going to handle it. and like how I need to address it beforehand. I'm very, cause I'm future oriented. And we talked about this, our, our episode that comes out on Tuesday, we actually talked about this when we were talking about change and transition. I mm-hmm. feel like I, I do, I feel like I do a good job as a mom preparing my kids for transitions. Um, then that's just, you know, they're, cause I'm so future oriented. Like some people are, mm-hmm. you know, past oriented. So they're good about like, helping their kids process things that have happened in the past. That's not my strength. And so that kind of like leads to my weakness as a, as a mom. I feel like my weakness as a mom is I don't have a lot of empathy. Um, like mm-hmm. I have to tell myself it is really bad that as a mom, you have to tell yourself, you know what? You need to be empathetic right now. Like some people are just that's bad. No, but I would say it's a weakness. It's a weakness. Yeah, that, it's a weakness, but let's not because, say it's bad. I don't like that word. Uh, because since I don't do it naturally and lots of moms yeah. and some people, you may not be, have been born empathetic, but then become a mom and then you become em- empathetic because you're a mom. Like I, I'm missing that chip. <laughs> I'm missing the empathy chip and David is as well. So I think, cause lots of times, you know, one person has it and one person doesn't, neither one of us have it. And so we were actually talking about this in neighborhood group the other night. Um, I feel like we have to be better. Um, we have to be more cognizant, like and intentional mm-hmm. about being empathetic with our kids because we don't, neither one of us have that chip and mm-hmm. parenting didn't give us that chip. Like we still just yeah. don't have a lot of empathy. And so I, if I am in robot mode, which is a lot of the time, and I'm not really thinking about what I need to be doing as a parent. And I'm just like moving through the motions like we all do sometimes. Yeah. I can be very much like, you're fine. Put rubs and dirt yeah, on yeah, it yeah. go. And I'm not talking yeah. about like in like an actual wound, but like emotionally as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, you're fine. Please. Let's stop talking. About, I can't talk about this anymore. So I would yeah. definitely say that's a weakness of mine is, is I, my lack of empathy. Um, and you know, one of my children needs more empathy than the other one. Um, and being able to um, force myself and teach myself how to be empathetic. Cause I think you can teach yourself to be empathetic. Like mm-hmm. you may not have been born with that chip, but you can learn. And so that's an area of weakness that I try to work on. And my other area of weakness that I don't care about working on is I don't play with my children. Like I just <laughs> don't like, and I don't feel the need to like, did you when they were younger? No. I just, I mean, you know, when they were teeny tiny, I would do puzzles with them and we would have times where we would color together and draw together, but like imaginary play, like I just, that, that is not an area that I enjoy doing. And I have the philosophy and this is not saying this is a right philosophy. My philosophy is since I don't enjoy doing it, like it, it's just like, why wouldn't I put my time into something I do enjoy doing? And that can be an area. Um, And and Myla is never, my oldest has never been an imaginary person. So that wasn't really a thing. Nathan is and has been, and he just does it by himself. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't ever really feel guilt about it. Um, I do, I do go outside and kick around the soccer ball with him or play basketball with him. So it's not like I don't like get myself involved in his interest. You don't do the things that he, that you don't want to do. Like, exactly. Yeah. 
Like I, and I constantly say, I am not a cruise director. It is not my job to entertain you. It is you, you need to, you need to figure this out. Like, and, um, I don't feel any guilt about that. I don't, I don't feel guilt that I don't like to paint and use glue and glitter and I'm not super crafty and I don't, I will help build Legos, but I don't really like it. But if you have a problem, come to me and I'll help you with the step, but I'm not going to sit down and build an entire Lego creation with you. Um, I just, you know, and that sounds kind of harsh, but that's just my style of parenting. I'm just not a playful mom. Um, and some people that is their strength and that's great, but that's yeah. not who I am. And I learned a long time ago to lean into my strengths and not yeah. like, I feel like the empathy chip, like that's something I need to work on so that my kids, you know, aren't in therapy one day because I am like an unempathetic mother who can't relate to them. But on the other side, they're probably not going to be laying on a therapy chair saying I didn't, you know, play superheroes with them because yeah. I'm there for them in other ways, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and they know that like, that's not how I show my love is through imaginary play, but I show my love through other things, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was just I, thinking one of the ways I feel like you show love to me that I imagine you show love to your family is like, you're very reliable. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just something that, I mean, I really struggle with. Um, I've gotten much better because I've had to as a parent, but like, I just feel like you were solid and you're always like, you're always going to show up even if, you know, you don't say the right thing or do exactly what someone needs in that moment. Like I can always Mm. count on you. And I think that's huge as a parent to know that you can count on your parent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, and I kind of lean into that more, like lean into the fact that like, and you know, and, and we don't have to go into our own childhoods. Like we're not, that's not the point of this episode, but you know, and I think that growing up, um, in a divorced, and then I'm not putting any blame on my parents. Um, this, that's not the point of this, but I think just the matter of the circumstances of my, of being, um, raised by a single mom, who was a nurse that worked 12 hour shifts, like my mom for the, for that fact, she was very involved, but there's only so much she could do. Like she mm-hmm. was one person. And so there were, there were times where she couldn't, she couldn't be there. Um, and I think I have, and sometimes, and David has to check me on it. Sometimes I can be, I can lean too much the other direction to overcompensate for that and feel like that I need to be at everything like, mm. and do everything, um, and not like the playing with them thing, but like be at every practice. And I've, yeah. I've let go of this in the past couple of years, just because I'm only one person too, you know, yeah. like we can't clone ourselves and like learning to be like, it's okay that somebody else takes them to such and such thing. And I'm not at everything yeah. and I'm not at everything at school. Like I'm at the important things and talking to them about what's important to them. Like, is it important to you that mommy's at this, you know? And yeah, you know, yeah. Because I am one of those type of people that like it will get it done and will show up, but do I always need to show up? And so like learning how to yeah. like balance that um, and remembering that sometimes I'm trying to compensate for the fact that I felt like my mom couldn't be all places at one time. And that was really mm-hmm. hard for her. And I have the privilege that I can and balancing mm-hmm. that with like, I don't need to like run ragged, you know, yeah. like you don't have to be at everything. Yeah. What about you? Those are good. Um, let me think. I think, I think I am really empathetic and 
intuitive and I'm good at like giving them names to kind of abstract feelings. Um, like if I can tell they're just off, I'm usually, you know, it's like I'm able to help them figure out what they're feeling and like helping them process it and all of those things. Um, I'm good at that. Um, I feel like I'm really good in chaos. Like if there's ever a chaotic or scary situation, I am like super calm and like, I can totally handle it. Chris is not that way. Like, so it's funny because like, I feel like he handles like a lot of the just day-to-day practical chaos. But if there's ever Mm -hmm. like an emergent situation, I step in. Um, and that's where I shine. But so like if our house ever catches on fire, I will probably be the one like calmly leading everybody out while Chris screams. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think I'm, and I think I'm good at noticing like when they need, what they need from me in a given moment. Like I'm pretty good at knowing like, Oh, you need some mom time or like you need me to leave you alone. And I'm pretty good about discerning that and like leaning into it or giving them space. So I hope that in doing that, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Like we think about the things that are most important for our kids. And like the thing I just always think about is their heart. Like, I think that's always been my focus. And I'm not saying that should be Mm -hmm. everyone's focus, but like, like I care about their academics, but probably not as much as I should. And so Chris has to balance me there, you know, but I'm always like, well, it's more, he's like, did they learn this thing? I'm like, I don't know, but their friend upset them and they need to understand how to deal with that situation. And he's like, but they also need to do math. So (laughs) I probably wouldn't be the best homeschool mom, um, which is why I'm not. But like, so I think, yeah, I think our strengths are our weaknesses. Right. And so sometimes my, um, over-focus on, not over-focus, but my kind of honing in on those things brings out kind of my weaknesses that, and it's funny, this conversation, like the ways I'm good at mothering are the ways I'm good at life and in friendship and in marriage, right? Like they're not different. So like in general, in life, I am not a very, um, like organized person. Like I can keep my day-to-day life together, but I can't keep up with like, a treasury. I can't keep up. Like, I'm just not that way. Like I, my brain doesn't work that way. I stink at it. I forget things like it's, it's a struggle. Um, and so obviously that shows up in my parenting, like, and I, I don't like forget a lot of stuff cause I try really hard and I write things down and I make a concerted effort, but like just naturally I'm not good at that. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of the just minutia of day to day, which is a very like Enneagram four thing, which I am just try like, yeah, trying to keep up with just the day-to-day tasks of parenting drives me crazy. But one thing I do think I'm good at is I've, um, my kids eat really well, which isn't like a flex or anything. It's just like, personally, that's important to me because I have a background in food and I just really wanted them to like food and to enjoy it and appreciate it and not be afraid of it. Um, and I would say they eat pretty well. Like they, they'll try things and I'm proud of that, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so that's really good. Um, what else, what am I bad at though? There's more things. I don't know. Am I forgetting something? I should have written it down. See, I'm not organized. I should have written all this down and not just flown by the seat of my pants, but that's how I roll. Um, I roll too. Um, I, I definitely think that you, um, 
and I don't know if this is just a product of the fact that you have twins, so you don't have a choice, but I feel like you're um, a very patient mom. And I know we all have our bad moments. We all have our moments where like, you know, we explode or we yell or whatever. I mean, I, I you can be a patient person and still, you know, have a breaking yeah, point, yeah. but um, I, none of us are perfect, but I think that there's sometimes like with having two kids, it's, it's different. I would assume I have multiple friends with multiples. So I know, I don't know experientially, but I know I've, I've observed enough to know that like, you know, you could only have two kids versus four kids, but because they're two kids, the same age and the same stage with the same, like, you know, because every stage presents its challenges. So when you have two kids that have the same the same stage, same challenge at the same time <laughs> that, um, that, that creates like, I like that would drive me insane. Like I would struggle with that. Like in my, with, in my, with it my does. kids, <laughs> and with, with my kids, you know, usually only one of them is in a difficult stage at a time, you know? And so yeah. yours, yours goes through all those stages at the same time. Um, and yeah. so I, um, I think that that requires a level of patience that even if you have three or four kids, but they're different ages, it presents, it's just a different challenge. And I think you roll with that challenge really well. I think God gives multiple, I think God gives multiples to the people that he knows that can handle it. I'm not saying that you don't need. I'm not sure that's true. (laughs) I I still don't think I can handle it. No, but you do handle it very well. And I'm not saying that he doesn't give us things that we can handle. That's not scriptural. Like he gives us things that we have to rely on him for, but you do like you look to him, Thanks. but you also are just naturally like, there are times that I see you with Maddie and Penny that I'm like, I, I would <laughs> be a terrible mother. Like, um, uh, and I'm impressed and I have other friends of multiples that I feel the same way or friends that have uh, friends that have multiple children, but they're super close in age. Like I just, I don't roll with chaos. Well, um, mm. And, and I would, I would uh, like be under a corner somewhere <laughs> and a, under a table. I know it does. And it does to all of us. And it still happens to me too. But like, I just, I feel like, you know, different people are more patient with, um, you know, cause kids, especially your kid's age and you've got two of them at the same age, they're very flighty. Like they're just, and they're just like, you know, doing their own thing and blah, blah, blah. And like, you're like trying to get them moving and get them ready for school or doing homework and all of these things. And like, and like trying to corral two of them at one time, like that are in the same stage. I took Maddie to Sam's club yesterday. I had to return something and she's just like twirling in the aisle. I know. And I'm like, you can't. And it's like, and then she's upset. I'm like, I love that you want to twirl, but people have really big carts and they don't see you because you're a shrimp and they're going to hit. It's like, it's exhausting. And I was like, why do I even take them? <laughs> what am I but, doing? But the fact Ooh. that you, the, even the way you talk to her, because I would have been yeah, like, I her right now and yank them by the back of their head. You know, like. I, and part I, of that is like, I mean, we don't want to repeat the things that hurt us when we were kids, right? Correct. And like, I wasn't Correct. always... Yeah by any means spoken gently to. So I'm probably like over, overdoing it with that. But like, yeah, I don't think I, it's funny. I asked Chris last night when we were, we decided we were going to do this. And I was like, what would you say my weaknesses are? And he said, patience. And I was like, really, you think I'm not patient? But I, what he was saying, it, it is true because I'm very patient with things like that. But like, if they take too long, like if I'm like, go put your laptop in your bag and put it in the car, and they're like dilly dallying. 
I will lose it. Like, I don't know why. Like, I'm very patient with like, how are you feeling? Or like, if there's something like a teachable moment, I'm very like, okay, well, this is an important moment. We're going to step back and we're going to like really talk about this. Like, I'm usually pretty patient with that stuff unless it's been like an entire day of both of them with like a thousand questions, but generally I am. But it's true because it's like, if it's, if I'm like, hey, throw some shoes on, we're going to walk over across the street. And they're just like, well, I don't know what shoes to wear. And hold on, I have to get socks. And I'm like, don't put socks on. Just throw on like your little like freaking flip flops or that kind of stuff. I I just, I like lose it. So it's really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how can I, I contain multitudes. Like yeah. how can I be so patient about some things? And I'm the opposite. And we talked about this by text last night, but I'm the opposite. Like I'm pretty patient with like, the day-to-day minutiae, like it taking a little bit longer, but mm-hmm. like, I don't want to have a 20 minute discussion about how and so and so made you feel today. Like I just, <laughs> I have to build up like every, like, like, and I have one kid who's a verbal processor and one that isn't, but like in my kid, that's the verbal processor. I have to like, really like, yeah, talk myself like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to go into her room now. And I know she's had a bad day and this is going to be a long discussion. And you just need to like, and you can be rewarded with a Netflix show when you're done. But like, <laughs> I have to like, really like pump myself up for that because the whole time that that child is verbal process, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, that child is verbal processing. I'm like the whole time in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, just let's move on. <laughs> like, and so, so, so yeah. like being friends with me, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> I can listen to Marco Polo whenever I want to. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. I'm like, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? Like if I was only friends with people like me, I would I be a terrible human being. <laughs> it's true. Well, it's, it's just funny, like thinking about this and how the things that, You know, I feel like, at least for me, I don't want to project on anyone else, but I feel like when I, I thought I would just undergo this like magical transformation when I became a mother and I would suddenly have these new reserves of things I didn't naturally possess. And like, I guess that can be a little true, but, but generally, no, I'm still the same person. I'm just, you know, I've had to, I've been stretched, but I'm still me. And I think that's kind of the point of this and just something that I loved that they were talking about and that I wanted to just echo was I, there's just so many ways to be a good friend, a good mom, a good everything. And I just, that narrow, and it's like in our generation, I feel like it's shifted to like, now there's this pressure that like, you have like a side hustle, whatever that may be. And like, you're always available to your kids, but then you have your own business too. And like, um, or that's at least, I guess what I feel like is pushed toward me a lot, like kind of in the media and circles I run it. Maybe that's not for everybody, but like, I just, yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say about that? Uh, I was going to say, I think we have done a disservice um, in the Christian world, um, especially in Christian women's ministry in putting forward the Proverbs 31 woman as the ideal when we kind mm-hmm. of forget the language behind Proverbs. And when, when you read the Proverbs 31 woman, if you, if you read that through the lens of that was one person and I have to be just like that one person, which a lot of, um, I think the Christian world and the church does to women, 
then we feel like we have to be all of these things. Tell me why that's not true. Cause I totally believe I have to be all this. Okay. Things. So the Proverbs 31 woman, from my understanding and my reading, and if you, if you put it in the same genre as the rest of the Proverbs, it's not a different genre. It's the same genre. Like, you know, it's a, it's a, most of the genre is um, a man writing to his son of like, this is how to live a wise life. And it's not like, like, but a lot of it is like symbolic. So the, from what I understand, the Proverbs 31 woman is a mesh of a lot of different women and a lot of different characteristics. And you're looking for like the heart of who that person, and like he was telling his son to look for the, the heart of what the Proverbs 31 woman, but it wasn't like one woman who was all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think we have put that forward of this, this woman this is one woman with all these characteristics. Mm-hmm. And you, if you are going to be a good Christian woman, you're going to be all these characteristics. So that means you're a good mom who blah, 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 and a good wife who blah, 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 blah. But you also are an entrepreneur because the Proverbs 31 woman was an entrepreneur and she also was a planner and she blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and you can, we've taken it and Americanized it. And, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and put it up as this like ideal of like what a mother and a wife needs to be. And I think, so we've done a disservice, I think, to Christian women and making them think that, that, that if you're not all of those things, if you don't hit all of those characteristics at one time, at the same time of your life, like it doesn't say how old and it, and it's, it, it's a, mm. it's a picture of a woman throughout her life. It's not a snapshot of a woman. So like, it doesn't say how old her children are when she does X, Y, and Z business. Like, I, I think we think that, that that is a picture of who she was in one moment in time when most likely it's it's talking about her whole life and like snapshots of her in her whole life. But that we take that so as one good. big picture. Yes. And so yes. Yes. I think that we have done disservices, a disservice to Christian mothers by putting that as the ideal um, and writing whole Bible studies and books and making ministries out of like, this is what a woman, a Christian woman is supposed to look like. Um, when, if you really read the Bible as a whole and you look at all the women in the Bible, they, they, they're, they all have different facets. Like mm-hmm. every woman has a different facet, has a different personality. And I think your, your word is a good word about how we think we're, I mean, in some ways, mothering is life-changing and it does change us and it should sanctify us. <laughs> and that goes to our yeah. this part. Like, like if, if I, if I wasn't a mother, some of those weaknesses that I talked about in my mothering would never have shown up. And so like mm-hmm. mothering sanctifies me, just like marriage sanctifies me, just like your friends, like we were talking about iron sharpening iron, like all of these things should sanctify us. So it should change us, but it doesn't change your personality. Your personality is right. you don't become a new person when you walk down the aisle. You don't become a new person when you birth a baby. Does your life change? Yes. Your circumstances are different and you have to roll with things differently and all of that. But like your personality, you still are the same person. Um, right. I, can, I can remember right when I became a, a mom, I, w- I really struggled with depression because I didn't feel motherly, whatever that means. But I didn't feel like this, like, you know, what I identified as like loving and warm and um, all of those feelings. Like I didn't feel all of those feelings, but that, that, that's 
doesn't make me less than a mom. That's because that's not who I, that would have changed me as a person. If I, if I was one way and then had a baby and then became that person, then that would have been like my personality changed. <laughs> that would have <laughs> been know? crazy. Yeah. It would have been crazy. Like, and that's just not who I am, but I thought that's who I needed to be. Well, and that's like what our culture does, isn't it? It's like, yeah. we put yeah. motherhood on this, like, and motherhood's great. Like, I'm yes. so glad yes. I've, had the opportunity to do it but like yes. just like with marriage it's like we put it on this pedestal like it's the best like this is like the christian mm. finish line and it isn't and like mothering i wrote a post about this last year because i was just so overwhelmed by like you know mother's day is hard for so many people whether your mom you loved your mom deeply and she's passed away or like you don't have the relationship with your mom that you want to have or you want children and can't have them like it's complicated right but like Mm-hmm. I just was like, you know, mothering is a, it's a, but it's also a verb. And like, even if we don't have the opportunity to mother somebody who's our child, like we mother ourselves, we mother mm-hmm. our friend, like mothering is a beautiful part of the heart of God that we can give to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I think that we've taken motherhood and wifehood and we, we've made it this like new thing this new flex or something Mm -hmm. and it's just gross and it's not how it's supposed to be and like that's such a good I'm so glad you said that about that is a that is her whole life and I've been so convicted about that lately the Proverbs 31 woman who does not exist like that was like whole life and like I was thinking about this with the Lord and I was you know I'm I'm having an existential crisis like once a week about like do I go back to work do I not like whatever um and I didn't get an answer, but what I did get was this realization that like, I'm 37, like God willing, I've got 40, 50 more years of my life. My kids take up a lot of it now, but they're going to go to college hopefully. And then I'm going to be really bored. And Mm -hmm. so it's like all these like ambitions and things I want to do. It's like, there's, there's a time for that. Like, but it doesn't mean it has to be right now. Like, and I just, I hate that, that mentality where people are like, well, I'm going to go make my own baby food on three hours of sleep and I'm going to plant a garden and I'm going to like, I'm going to do all these like, you know, things that women are supposed to do. And I'm going to have a side hustle. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just, you know, take a nap. There's going to be time. Yeah. No, that's, it's good. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a season for everything. And you and I are in different seasons, even. And that, yeah. it's only a few years different. I mean, think about it. Like, yeah, it's true. I mean, I am older than you, but I'm not that much older than you. Yeah. And my kids are older than your kids, but not that much older than your kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, Miles only five years older than Penny and Maddie. And so like, that's not a huge amount of time, but I am in a very different stage of life in a short yeah. period of time, you know? And so I think that, um, I think that's just, yeah, it's a good word to like, you know, and I, and this is used a lot, but you know, it's, you know, life is a, a marathon, you know, and I have to tell myself this because I, I very much live in sprint mentality. And so yeah. um, that's how I live my life is like sprint after sprint after sprint without like looking at the long game. Um, and so I, I have to constantly bring myself back to that, like yeah, that, you know, and, and, you know, just like we were talking about with um, Jennifer Dixley last month, like, you know, it's it, every, every time there's, for every time there's a season, you know, from Ecclesiastes and like, yeah, we don't have to like, we don't have to be everything we were created to be every moment of every day. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? so. Amen to that. Okay. Any, well, happy um, I guess, day, friend. 
Yeah, let's finish with what are you doing for Mother's Day and are you excited about it? <laughs> I, um, my expectations for Mother's Day have drastically changed um, yes. over the years. Like my first Mother's Day ever, sorry, this won't be like super long, but Chris thought it would be a great idea to take me to the botanical garden because I love flowers and plants and stuff. And he just thought it'd be a really sweet idea, which was great in theory. But we had, um, how old were they? Six month old babies. And it was real hot. And two of them, two six month old And two of them. (laughs) And if you've ever wondered what the city of Atlanta does for Mother's Day, it's take everyone to the botanical garden. So it was so crowded. And it was like that thing where I knew he was trying so hard to make it special and I didn't want to be a punk about it, but I was also like, this is terrible. Like, this is miserable and I want to go <laughs> And like, we just, I like cried. I was like, I, this was a horrible Mother's Day. So after that, I was like, okay, I'm putting way too many expectations on this holiday. Like, and honestly, like, I feel like I have friends who, how do I say this without being, in, I'm not going to say that statement. Um, I just think that, I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm like counting down the days to mother's day. So I get a break. Like I deserve a break and to be treated nicely all year. And like, yeah. it doesn't like people can do nice things for me all year. So mother's day, I'm not looking to fill that. I'm just going to take whatever they're making me breakfast. God knows what it's going to be. I, it, you know, it's no one in my family can, well, Maddie and Penny can probably cook better than Chris can. And he would say that too, but it's not going to be great. Um, but this year, anyway, all that to say the expectations have like nosedived over the years, but this year me and, um, a good friend of mine are going to watch TV and eat takeout in one of our empty houses while the husbands take the kids to the other house for a few hours in our pajamas. That sounds awesome. That's all I want to (laughs) do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my expect, I've had to lower my expectations too. Um, because I feel like it's every, every one of my days looks the same. Mm-hmm. And so I used to have the expectation that they should look different mm-hmm. and I shouldn't have to do any work. Um, and that has never been the case. <laughs> I still have yeah. to get up and take care of everybody and do everything and get everybody ready for church. Cause it's always a Sunday and blah, 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 blah. And I used to be very resentful of that. Yeah. And so then I went through a couple of Mother's Day where I was like, peace. Like, yeah. And then I felt bad about that because I actually yeah. do want to spend some time with my kids on Mother's Day. So I've been like, every year it's like just been this, this like trying to figure out like what's a good balance, you know? And also, like, my family is just not the type of family where they're going to like wake up in the morning and like take care of themselves and take care of me. Like, that's just not going to happen. And I just need to get yeah. over it. Like, I'm still going to have to wake up. I'm still going to have to make breakfast, make sure everybody's ready for church. Like, I'm not going to lay in my bed while everybody does everything. And then I just like magically wake up and get ready for church. Like, that's just never going to happen. I need to get over it. Yeah. So once I've told myself that that's never going to happen, I'm never going to have breakfast in bed. I'm never going to, like, that's just not going to happen. Then I need to like move past that. And I need to not care what people are posting on Instagram about their Mother's Day, (laughs) you know, and like, and like find another way to enjoy Mother's Day. So, you know, we're going to church and David made brunch reservations. Um, oh, and, nice. that, and then I'm going out with some friends in the afternoon to get a drink and like hang out and maybe do some shopping. So like balancing, like, yeah, spending time with my family, going to church, spending time with my family at brunch, but also like getting some time, like 
to do something that I don't get to do very often, um, I, I think is a good balance. Um, I also don't have to mix in seeing my mom for Mother's Day. Not that I don't want to see my mom for Mother's Day. And I sent her a nice gift and all of that, but we just don't live close together. So I know yeah. a lot of other people have to balance, you know, seeing their mother-in-law and their mother. Well, my mother-in-law and my mom don't live near us. So we don't, we don't spend, we don't see each other for Mother's Day. So I, it really is all about me. And I know not everybody gets like a lot of other people have to balance between yeah. seeing their moms and their mother-in-laws and all of those things. And I don't have to do that. So, um, and I know I, I have friends that do have to balance that and they're resentful that they have to do that because they feel like a, a lot of emphasis is still being put on their, on their, their mothers and their mother-in-laws instead of on yeah. them. And that's really hard. Like, like you want to honor your mother but you are now a mother. I'm like, just like figuring yeah. that all out is hard. Um, it is hard. I feel like that's why they invented Grandparents Day, but like nobody actually celebrates yeah. Grandparents Day. It all just still gets lumped onto Mother's Day. I know my mom, you know, my mom right now is, um, I mean, she's been public about this. So I don't mind saying it on the podcast, but like my mom's um, undergoing cancer treatment for um, lymphoma or non Hodgkin's lymphoma and you know she texted I, I her mother's day present got to her earlier and she said she was going to try not she was going to try to wait until Sunday to open it we'll see if she does but she was like uh, uh, me and then my sister-in-law she was like I just I did not have it together this year and I didn't send you anything for mother's day I was like mom first off you're going through a lot secondly I'm not your yeah. mother like I'm not your right. mother. like and she feels like she needs to do something for us but like I'm not your mother. You're my mother. I'm honoring you. And then my kids are honoring me. You don't need to honor me. Like, yeah. you know? And so I, I think it's just like continually telling the other women in our lives, like, it's like lower your expectations. Like we don't need to like make this. It's, it, I mean, it's a Hallmark created holiday. This is not a federal holiday. Well, this is not our birthdays or, and it doesn't mean we don't honor our mothers. We should honor our mothers, but like we put way too much emphasis on this holiday. We do. And I so. think, I think the holiday can just be a really good way to teach your children how to honor people. I agree with that. That's 100%. Like what, I mean, cause it, you know, it's not about like, did you get me the right gift? And I'm going to yes. go back to what I said before. Like if you feel like you're counting down the minutes till mother's day, so you finally can do what you want to do. Like that's a problem. Like you should yes. not feel that way. And like, you should have should other opportunities feel- to do that. Yeah. yeah. If you're like counting down to like your birthday and mother's day is the only days you get to do whatever you want and have a break. Like that's not okay. Um, yeah. that'll be another podcast, but about my whole thing, when I figured out the percentage of time I spend on myself and was texting you, we're going to do yes. a podcast on that. Um, by the way, it's like 1% of my time um, <laughs> and I do a lot, I feel like, but, um, anyways, so I feel like if you find yourself getting resentful, like that's how I felt like my first mother's day, like I had six months old twins. Like I was like, I, I don't even know what I was feeling. I was just a zombie. And like, I was pissed because I just did not have the, and it, it really was a microcosm of, it wasn't how I wanted my mothering to be in that time. Yeah. And Mother's Day became that. But I think it really, for me now, it's just, it's really like I treat myself when I want to treat myself. And I'm having a fun weekend with friends the next weekend. So I don't really care. But it's really helpful to teach our kids how to honor people and for them to see like mm-hmm. how much we do for them and to, and to understand that, like, you know, some people don't have parents. Some people's parents are like, and, it, and not to make them feel guilty, but just to say, like, 
you know, hopefully one day your kids will do this for you. It's not for me. Yeah. It's not the Rebecca show. It's just, well, this is the Rebecca show, um, the podcast, but, um, <laughs> cause we're both Rebecca, but like, yeah, just teaching them to honor others and to be grateful yeah. for what other people do for them, I think is huge. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think that's the, the, the rub that I have, like when I talk, like, and that's the angle I want to come at when I talk to David about it or whatever else is like, is like, this is more of like, because, you know, you know, David and his eightness, when, when I get mad about my um, expectations not being met, his first instinct is to be defensive. And so he's like, well, you're not my mom. And like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I yeah, his mom. And they're, you know, at the time, like they're older now and can do more themselves. And I heard Mila say something to David about like, what are we going to do for mom for Mother's Day? So Aww. like, but yeah. when they're younger, like it's, the dad's responsibility, just like it's our responsibility on Father's Day to be like, what do you want to do to honor your dad? Like, yes, he's their dad, but like, I have to, like, they're little kids. Like, you have to like prompt that, you know? Now my kids are getting older and they can do things on their own, but, and they can, and Milo's persistent enough. She'll, I think last year was the first year. So Milo was 10 last year. So it'd been 10 years. And for the first time ever in 10 years, she made him wake up and go get me Starbucks. That's awesome. <laughs> and like, he can't tell her no. He can tell me no, but he can't tell her no. He can't be Were like, you like laying in bed pretending to still be asleep? Yes. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then I heard the car, the garage door open and them leave. And, and like, normally I like, I just, I roll out of bed. I don't just lay in bed, but I was like, okay, they're trying to do something nice for me. So I just laid in bed and like, oh. they don't want to drink my Starbucks in bed. I really wanted to go somewhere else and drink my Starbucks, but I felt like they involved thing, you know? And so but she's <laughs> the awesome. one that made him do that, you know, but yeah. you know, that's like, I mean, the, we're, yeah, we're trying to teach them to honor yeah you know, people like, like you said, like not just their mothers and their fathers, but like, how do we like, you know, birth when we, when we do birthdays, right. like what are we teaching them, you know, about honoring other people it's or teaching them gratitude and yes, exactly. You know, totally. For sure. And same thing with teacher appreciation week, you know, like all yes. the things like we're teaching them to honor their, the, the people who do things for them, you know? Yeah. So, it's yeah. True. Okay. Well, this is a good talk. I like it. Yay. Happy, happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Whether and you have birthed children or not, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and if it's a hard day, know that we are also yeah. praying. It's a hard day for me too. So we're, um, we're praying about that as well. And just, um, you are seen and loved if this is a difficult day for a multitude of reasons. Um, but we hope you will honor the moms in your life with those who have mothered you. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.